Welcome into another edition of the PBA Pod Damn It podcast. I am your host, Brian Hughes, alongside me with a guest host who is also a special guest here with us tonight, the commissioner himself, uh, Gary Altman. Gary, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Brian. How are you? Doing fantastic. Um, Gary, I, I, I definitely have, you know, I want to talk about the transition to uh, PBA 23 or OTP 23, that transition. I'd like to talk uh, a little bit about um, the pill, which uh, I think made waves through the league today. But before we start with that, I'd like to talk about something positive, if you will. I mean, it's all positive, but uh, and that's the the playoffs. Um, in my estimation, and I said this because I kind of watched from afar, if you will, but um, this is probably, if I had to, to guess, going back to OTP 20, or uh, excuse me, the 22 season, which is, you know, 10, 11 seasons now, this is probably my favorite playoffs, and I didn't even make it, just by the ebbs and flows, the, the fact that, you know, we had two teams that I don't think anybody at the start of the playoffs would have predicted that they made the finals and both of these teams just got ridiculously hot. I want to say they were like 12 and four each heading into the world series. What was your overall thought? And then the fact that it actually goes seven games, what was your overall thoughts on the playoffs in particular um, this year? And um, any, anything memorable that, that kind of stands out. I mean, you've been doing this obviously since the, uh, conception of the PBA this this season just felt a little bit different to me like it didn't feel like um you know there was that dominant you know Moscow hockey team and and there was a USA team trying to catch up to them like it just you had these two two teams that got really hot and they met in the World Series and it kind of played out that way it went seven games what's your thoughts yeah this was and I mean aside from Palmetto's 109 wins it seemed like there was way more parity in the league this year than, than in previous seasons. I didn't look at, and Jacob will probably disagree, but I didn't see much difference between certain teams. I felt that there was, it, it, like most postseasons, it was all about matchups. Um, it just... It was exciting. I didn't know who was going to win. I didn't, it, there was no preconceived notions. It would have been great if if Dennis had the time to put out like uh, mm-hmm. you know you know a spread just to see where everybody would have landed. I don't know how to do that. I guarantee but, you, a lot of people would have lost a lot of pinpoints on that. <laughs> or he would have made whatever. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm saying him in the league would have done well. I can't imagine any anybody would have predicted a a Dublin uh, Honolulu uh, final, but uh, no, uh, they were Honolulu was what the sixth seed in the on the yeah. well technically the sixth seed with Montana getting second place overall. Right. But it, it they were they were at fourth seed. So, but even that I think it was Disney and Honolulu went to the ARLCS. A- a- mm-hmm. And then uh, Dublin and Cologne. And you could say 15 games there, but I'm not sure that the spread was even that much during the regular season between them. Right. You, you, the, uh, the bombers were, the bombers were a team. One of the, that's a new feature, by the way, in, in 0023 that I happen to have up as I'm looking at the, uh, the, 
the regular season standings, if you go over to the right, one tab, team versus team. Yeah. I had Abs- no idea. Yeah, absolutely. And you can hit the drop down as well for uh, either combined or you can hit it for the FRL, the ARL. Absolutely. You can definitely do that. So you're right. That is a kind of a neat feature. And if you hover over the, like the, the particular number that you want, like, for example, I'm looking at the FRL. If I look at Cascadia versus Chicago, for example, Chicago says five. If I just kind of hover over that, it shows me they were actually five and seven versus them. So it'll, so it is kind of cool. Like you said, it, it, you know, I, I think some of the new stats are definitely, you know, are definitely, um, neat. I do feel like I do feel like the word you used in the beginning is how I feel the most about how I'm going to remember OTP 22, which is parody. You look at a team, for example, like Palmetto, that is probably as close as we have currently right now to uh, a super team. You know, they won 109 games, as you mentioned, um, and they get bounced in five games versus Disney. Um, you know, you look at, you know, you look at other teams, you look at Cologne, who basically cruised through the um, the FRL side and then get hammered for nothing versus, you know, uh, Dublin. Um, it really did seem like it came down to, you know, who was hot. And then, you know, obviously, uh, to expand off of that, you know, you look at the fact that you know, Honolulu wins game one and then Dublin comes back and wins three games in a row, basically meaning the only way Honolulu can win the series at that point is to win three in a row. And that's exactly what they did. (laughs) And they needed 10 innings in the seventh game. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's just, there was just so many, so many ebbs and flows. There was so, so many different, uh, storylines, storylines. There was just so many different, um, you know, pushing and pulling, like, you know, like I said, I was watching the series from afar and man, I couldn't, I couldn't help but catch myself staring at my phone. It's not even, you know, not even my series, but, uh, you know, during Those are the best, quote, the work hours <laughs> and I'm, I'm just glued to my phone going, man, I can't believe this, you know, three, like you said, three, three tied top of the ninth, the series is on the line. Who's going to win this? Like, uh, it, it really, really was, that's why I made that comment, like, you know, in my memory, since I've joined, like, I feel like this has been, this was probably the greatest postseason. And I probably feel that way primarily because of the World Series. But I feel like this is probably the greatest postseason um, I've seen to this point. And the, I love the fact that two teams that came out of essentially nowhere are the two teams that, um, you know, essentially one you know made it all the way dublin was the five seed honolulu was a six seed and both of these teams not only make the world series but obviously honolulu as a six seed uh they win it all so it's got to give you some you know some uh, hope for optimism if, if you will you're only two games below honolulu they won 87 games last year you won 85 you actually had the best record in the league of teams that did not make the playoffs not oh, a prestigious title but um, I did want to throw that out there. Thank so, you. I mean, you were you were kind of right there. Um, I was the 13th best team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's no trophies for that. But yeah, well, um, I did, I did, I did appreciate the uh, the overall um, the overall league as a whole, and the fact that 
Um, I, I can't remember the, like, there was only three teams this year, Gary, that had a hundred wins. I mean, I can remember a time when there was three or four teams that would hit a hundred wins just in the French quarter division alone. So yeah. the fact that there's only three teams that had a hundred wins, like you said, more parity, more evenly distributed divisions. I mean, you look at the Latin quarter division for the FRL Toronto finished last they had 72 wins. 72 wins is not a bad record. No, you know, no, you know, 72 is you're you're not you're, you're you're I mean you're when you get 72 wins just let's say it's 71 and 91 instead of 72 and 90. You are showing is 20 games under 500 but the actuality is you're you're right. probably just 5 or 10 games away from turning that around into yeah, a and, 500 and, season. Right, and you look at the fact that you know Archie lost 108 games the previous year and had almost a 20 game upswing like they started off really strong toronto started off really hot to start the year obviously tapered off a little bit but uh i really like what uh what archie's doing there in toronto that's going to be a tough division i mean you look from where long island is at 84 wins down to toronto at the very bottom of that division at 72 wins not a ton of separation between those four teams you know, uh, Nordics look like they're, you know, a team to stay. Chicago's now made the playoffs a couple of years in a row. You know, Bill may have uh, his hands full with uh, trying to continue to make the the playoffs there. Same thing with Corey. Um, that that division, the division is definitely looking a lot more promising than it was a couple of years ago. Um, well, so, we're starting to see that. We're starting to see where the French quarter division was. Uh, for a period of time, the, the, the creme de la creme. And now you got Latin quarter coming up. I mean, I'd say the ARL, I'd actually say your division, the Wyatt Earp division is probably, probably the division to beat right now, just based on the fact that we're the AL East. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the fact that you finished 80 with 85 wins and you finished fifth in that division and didn't make the playoffs, you know, that's tough. I mean, 85 wins, I would expect to make the playoffs if I won 85 games. So that's a tough spot to be in, especially to have, you know, uh, the reigning MVP. To, uh, that's got to sound pretty good, right? Oh, uh, the reigning nice. MVP. It's about time. <laughs> to have the reigning MVP and still uh, miss the playoffs, that's a tough spot. So hopefully the yeah. Bombers will be in a better spot for you next year. And, and just a couple of years ago, or a couple of seasons ago, um, we were talking about how under 500 teams are making the playoffs and, and, yep. you know, the advantage for finishing first is so great. Um, that GM is no longer here. So, right. you know, which, which would probably be a nice segue into where you're looking to go and what I'm sure others are, are thinking of and want to, pretty much hear hear it rather than read it <laughs> right I th- and i think so plus i think it's i think it's nice to have a discussion like an open dialogue about it to be able to you know give you an opportunity to you know tell really how much thought process went into this not that it was just kind of arbitrarily thrown down in slack today um and also what the thought process oh. was behind it and you know ultimately you know what you're hoping to get out of it but before I hit that, I do want to ask you one quick question, and that is we migrated to OTP 23. You did bring up one of the cool features, which is the team versus team. Obviously, the pages look different. It now says, you know, for example, on your team homepage, organization to look at all your teams. 
Um, so there is a few minor things that are, you know, a little bit different, but overall, um, what is your initial impression with OTP 23, um, the engine and, and overall just kind of the, the appeal? Um, it, it's funny. Um, I have probably looked at this version the least out of everybody. Um, I haven't dug into it yet. I've been just been playing catch up on so many other things trying to get the, I mean, today's sim kicked off an hour late. I went and did the, the, the ballots, got all that in and then started the sim and forgot to pull everybody's ex exports because the automator screen is different. So I had to restart everything and basically start over again. And then I had to pull a league file to, to get it back to where it was. And then I was getting a, a one-on-one error. I'm not, anywhere and and i can just say that i've seen this version or i've had access to this version back in february or march and i haven't dug into it i have okay <laughs> i will tell you from an optic standpoint i'm kind of where you're at uh, i just started really digging into this <clears throat> the last like week or so so i don't have a ton of experience on this either I will tell you from a visual perspective, I actually like uh, I actually like the layout better. Um, and for those people who actually enjoy um, watching the actual games, um, they've added a, a lot of new features as far as um, how you can actually get base hits. Um, I, I watched a short a shortstop actually dive for a line drive and actually snag the line drive. Um, not on, you know, not on a hop, but uh, in the air. So they've they've seemed to update some of the visual things that could make the game um, a little bit more stimulating, if you will, for those people that enjoy actually doing the game by game review. Um, I do like some of the features they added, uh, as Gary mentioned. If you go into your standings and under the tab that we all look at, which is your standings, instead of expanded standings, if you look right below that, you'll see a team versus team tab. As opposed to having to go onto Stats Plus like you used to, all that information is readily available there to you now to where you can just quickly look and go, oh, okay, you know what? I can now see exactly what my team versus team record is. Um, you know, I can see how I'm performing against other teams. And you can also just kind of hover over under the standings. You can kind of hover over your team and it'll tell you offensively and defensively, like where you're at. Like it'll tell you, hey, this is where I ranked in the league for runs scored, for, you know, batting average, home runs. Uh, like a little pop up. Correct. It'll give you that as well as kind of your lifetime, your lifetime average. So like you as, you know, uh, your, your, your organization, if you will, um, what the win loss is, how many playoff appearances they have, World Series. So you don't have to go digging for that kind of stuff, which is, you know, pretty nice. Um, but let's 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 dig into it, Gary. So we <clears throat> you posted today about the pill, the the preventing intentional losing um, um, in Slack. And, you know, obviously there there's there's going to be opposition to any kind of change. Um, oh, first absolutely. of all, first of all, why do you believe having a rule like this in place is important? Well, this is this is this particular thing that pushed us over the over the proverbial uh, edge was 
10 weeks plus in the making. Um, it, I, I spend a lot of time in this. There's a lot of people that spend a lot of time doing this and working on your team and, and doing podcasts and book making spreads and all sorts of fun stuff to have somebody just not give a shit and intentionally lose and think that they can do such just it's it it's a slap in the face um other leagues deal with it the way they deal with it and that's great they tolerate it i don't tolerate it i unapologetic with it if you can't sit here and try and win and try and put a good product on the field, what are you doing? So you're going to go and trade the what turns out to be number um, the runner-up in the MVP race, the Cy Young winner, and get prospects back after losing half of your team. And I was nice on Slack because the, the and when I say nice. 13 players out of his 26, half his team disappeared, gone. There's plenty of people in free agency that he could have picked up. He waited until opening day sim, one sim in to go and do stuff. He had the whole offseason to do it. He had a whole budget to work with. In real life, that never, never, never would have happened. And then... They get pissy when you call them out on it and say, look, you're still not doing it. Uh, to me, it's a slap in the face and not going to tolerate it. In retrospect, do you, and I'm only asking you just because I think it's important to have transparency, like you said, in retrospect, do you, do you wish you maybe would have handled it differently as far as direct messaging him or absolutely um, not he thought because nothing came down when the season started that no answer was validation of his process because he said so in one of his parting comments well the league didn't come down with anything so it was okay no, the league didn't come down with anything because I got busy and I had other things going on. But this should have been out before opening day. And to me, if you're not trying to win, if you're not trying to put a product on the field that's going to do something, you're tanking. You, can, you could put a dress and lipstick on it, but it's tanking. He doesn't want to be cast in that light, but you're not trying to win. You had no reason to trade Tippett, the catcher that went to Palmetto. What was the point of that? Oh, it was a good trade. Listen, we can, we can take a look at singular moves and justify every one of them. But how about we go up in the air, take a 30,000-foot look at a viewpoint at it, and see where it actually is. And... Here's, here's the problem that I saw between when we had the, the, the committee meeting, the subcommittee, the, the discussion, the roundtable, whatever you want to call it, 
That was with uh, you, me, Frank, um, Luke with Chicago, Josh. Frank with Vegas, and Mark with Cologne. Kevin was popular. Everybody liked Kevin. Kevin didn't do anything wrong, per se. But he did tank. We can call it whatever we want. He tanked. You don't have to agree with me, but he let 30 war by opening day go. And he finished 40 games below where he did last year. Okay. That to me is, I mean, that, that next to the definition of tanking, that's a picture of Cleveland. And well, Kevin wouldn't do that. Well, Kevin did do that. Well, Kevin's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Should have stayed in the league. He should have taken his medicine because we don't have, we don't have in this league where you can fire GMs. You want to turn it on? We can go and re review that vote. You might not like what happens, but that's what we'll do. So if you, there is no impunity for any of your decisions. Well, we're trying to replicate what we do and give some semblance of what a real GM does. Well, you set ticket prices and you move people around your organization. So now we get to pick and choose what we do. I'm not buying that. And if you operated in a bubble and it was just your team that we were worrying about, maybe there would be less of a, a rule with this, so to speak. But that's not how it works. You affect everybody in your division. And I'm not picking on Frank because Frank actually has nothing to do with this. But when Vegas, when Frank came in, and I, and I agreed with a lot of his moves because I thought players were on the downside of where that team was. And he ended up trading a bunch of people away. And that's not why the trade moratorium is here either. But when you look at what happened there and he moved people and stuff, it was kind of like, wow, he dismantled a hundred win team. So now Kevin does it. Well, we let, we let Vegas do it. We let Frank do it. So we should let Kevin do it. No, Kevin came off a World Series. No, Frank didn't. I, I, people want to look to similarities and want to kind of pigeonhole it. Well, if it's good for one, it's good for another. All right. Would you We're, say, would you say though, just, just using the Frank example, because I think that we can, you know, I can't, I can't speak for other people, but I, I, I feel like I, I, I know where your headspace is well enough to say that, I feel like neither of us think that Frank is trying to intentionally lose. I mean, he's constantly oh God, no. posting, no, no, no. he's Listen, constantly I, posting about, Hey, I'm hoping to hit this win total. He's constantly trying to make moves to improve. Let, like let me I just, think he's getting better. I think the people that I don't think we have anybody in the league at this point that would do what Kevin did or what happened before that with the pitching staff. And that was beaten to death, and I think he paid his penalty. Yeah, no, I agree. So so that's why I'm not mentioning the reason, name, name the, or team. Right, but the reason why I bring it up, and uh, th this is one of the, the questions, if you will, that came in, um, we'll just say 
through the, oh, the, you, the podcast you, studios. Give me is, whatever questions you want. I'll answer them all. You can be their so, voice. So Vegas, if this rule would have been in place two years ago, then Vegas would have gotten a red card this year. Is that is that accurate? Or is there going to be other factors taken into place? No, because it's just like right now, Cleveland and, and Montreal, Hackensack with Danny and Greg. Mm-hmm. They they're, they don't have they're they're exempt this year from that. They inherited that team. Okay. And Frank's case, that would have been the case as well. And there everything would be looked upon on what he had. I don't think I think Vegas moving Davis, and I think he moved him to you. Yes. I mean we go so fast that that was probably five years ago in this league, which is a calendar year. And we've already moved on from that. And he probably, the guy who replaced Davis is probably maybe even released himself because of arbitration. I mean, we move pretty quick. Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> I think if Frank could have a do over, I think the only guy he maybe doesn't trade is Che, but obviously, you know, when you look at the haul he got in return, you know, and what his timeline was, you know, well, you well, can make an this? argument. Going back, but, but going back with this in the trade moratorium, if he was to say that the trade I wouldn't do is Che, well, guess what? The moratorium then works as well. Right. Sorry, Danny. Sorry, Greg. I, I And the reason that that's there and this one's here is I do the recruiting. I'm the one who has to sell this to anybody coming in. Right it's 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 on me it's not on you it's not on mike it's not on jacob it's not on bob and i'm just looking at the team names and calling out names it's not on anybody to to do any recruiting for us that's all on me so if there's a problem with it and i'm having a problem getting an owner eh, you know what maybe maybe i can look at that a little more however I don't really care what other leagues do either. I just care what's good for this league. If it's good enough here and somebody wants to copy it, that's great. But how many, how many leagues? I mean, we're all in multiple leagues at certain points and we've all come to have a ton of experience with this. Um, I think Bill is in seven leagues. You were in a bunch. I was in a bunch before this, not all at the same time. And we've all come across guys who just absolutely without any problem become the lovable loser, trading away everything and building up prospects that typically never pan out. And it goes on and it's perpetual and then they leave and then the team is in disarray. I mean, we've all, we can all think back to teams that did this. Right. Was any of it right? None of it would happen in real life. None of it. I hear what you're saying, but it's also difficult because if you look at any championship team, whether it's Cleveland last year or the surf this year, or look at the teams that came before them, very rarely do you have a championship squad where the team didn't have to make a move or two from the previous year, some type of tweak in order to improve their chances. like No, no, no. And I get that. So how many is a move or two? 
and I, and you when we say a move or two, we're not yeah, saying just, literally. Typically, typically, yeah, typically, yeah, two or three moves tops. Okay, is that anywhere near thirteen? No. All right. So then, what are we bitching about? Well, we're not. Like I said, we're not no, bitching. No, no, it's just I, no, no, no. I'm bringing. I'm bringing it up. What are we bitching about here? We're bitching about a team that went to the World Series last year, and everybody liked Kevin. Everybody liked Kevin, but Kevin tanked. Oh, no, Kevin didn't tank because he says he didn't. 13 players is more than a tweak. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I definitely can see um, the difficulty in going from a 100-win team. I mean, ultimately, what I said was, look, I would have made a lot of the similar moves he made other than the Russick. But ultimately, the proof is in the pudding, like you said. You know, if you win 100 games and then the next year you win 65 or 66. Here, let me ask you this. Because <laughs> I mean, you, you say you would have made the games. same moves. You would have made the same moves. And you can check this in Stats Plus um, because that's where I got the number from. Sure. Kevin left. And we're talking Kevin specifically because he's the one who did it. He left this league August 2nd of 2032. Okay. His winning percentage was about 370 at that particular point. And I'm trying to bring the standings up. Do you know when I took over that team to just get them through the rest of the year, what they played? About 500. Yeah. What happened? I don't know. 27 and 30 over the last two months of the season with basically the same personnel he had. But, but, but Kevin says, don't cast me in that. Don't paint me with that brush. Don't cast me in that light. Right. I call bullshit. <clears throat> Fair enough. Um, I don't want to focus just on Kevin, though. Um, I'd like to focus on the actual rule itself for a moment. And what I'd like to specifically ask you about is um, initially when you were talking about having this pill rule, you had talked about having some arbitrary factors in place that if you hit certain triggers, it would trigger whatever. I, I don't, I don't want to get into all the specifics that's between no, you, you, you and could, but I thought we did that here. Well, the, the, the reason I'm bringing this up is, is because it kind of seems to me and you correct me if I'm wrong, because I know that more than one person asked me this specific question, Gary. So it sounds like if you lose 100 games two years in a row, no matter what what the reasoning or logic is, that you're red carded. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that's so, what's here. So the reason why I ask is because <clears throat> certain, and I understand there's 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 always a. There is always a, um, you know, as a commissioner, you're always going to to do a little, at least a little research. You know, when you when you look at things like, you know, IL days, or you know, if somebody lost all their, you know, all their top guys, or you know, if they're they're not like technically like uh, like losing people or trading people away, but they've just been hammered by injuries, or if they basically have the same team that they did the previous year, for example, they didn't actually move anyone but they go from a 70 win team down to a 62 win team. Like, I'm just wondering, is it just arbitrarily a well, hundred wins or is there, are you on the backside going to be looking at other factors? It's a hundred losses. If you won, if you went 70 and 92, 
No, yeah, seventeen ninety-two. You're not even yellow carded. Well, let's go with we got we got two choices here. We can go Vegas or Milwaukee. Go Milwaukee, just because we've talked a lot about Frank. Milwaukee, fifty-eight and one hundred four this year. He had a shitty September of thirty-one. That was where the the wheels fell off. Yep, and we weren't sure what was going on. Yeah, he was actually in it. Like I said, after the All Star break last year. Yeah, he was up and he was in it until he went what two and twenty one or something. Something ridiculous. Yeah, like that down the home stretch. All right, so let's look at Milwaukee. Milwaukee this year. Or last year, went 70 and 92, the year 74 and 88, the year before that, 65 and 97, 42 and 120 in 2028. So in 27, he went 77. We'll start at seven in 27. He went 77 and 85. Okay. He then dropped 45 games. 35, but yeah, that's what you're saying. Right. Yeah. But then rebounded in 29 to plus 23. So let's say you're what you're, what you're bringing me your scenario, right? That, that it was the 120 loss was an anomaly. Okay. Let's say it is. I'm kind of thinking it's not when you get win total or loss totals that go with this, but let's say that's where it is. He won. He lost 97 games the next year. He loses his yellow card. It, it, and that's, he's off the, he's, he's out of the, he's out of the sights of sanctions. Gotcha. So he's essentially, so essentially none of the punishment or none of the, um, I don't want to say punishment. That's about none of the penalties kick in until that second season, until the red card scenario. Second consecutive season. Okay. Let me ask you, like I said, only because I know you, you've mentioned the hundred wins, but I'm curious why a hundred win or hundred losses as opposed to um, as opposed to whatever the arbitrary number is for wins losses. The reason I mentioned this is, just because he's not in the league anymore, and we've used him as an example, Kevin won to 100 games last year. Essentially, in most people's mind, this rule is essentially being put in place because of him, but he didn't even hit the 100 losses. So um, if a team won 100 games, like, for example, Palmetto, and next year only won 70, they'd have a 40-game swing, but they wouldn't even be in the sights of he the commissioner. Well, let's let's – Let's let's put a bow on this. Kevin would have hit a hundred losses. He would have passed Montreal. He was on pace. I think Montreal is the one. One hundred three. No, I'm sorry, Las Vegas. Because he had a three seventy win percentage when he when he left. Gotcha. He ended up at four hundred seven. Las Vegas gets a better draft pick. That he earned. He earned that draft pick. Kevin didn't earn his. And that's where that comes in. So Cleveland, I believe, is drafting fourth, Vegas third. But why should why should Cleveland winning a World Series, letting half his roster go, including trading away 11 war in a Cy Young winner? 
who supposedly restocked his minor league system, now should get the number three pick on top of that? So why are we basically this? We're not rewarding bad behavior anymore. This rule, when it comes to the dismantling of the team, we can name it the, the Cleveland rule. That part of it is the Cleveland rule. The perennial losing. <clears throat> the perennial right. losing was brought up by somebody else again. Yeah, and I think I think that that I, I think th- that was brought up by Jeff in Dublin. Well, th- there was somebody else place. that that yeah, there was somebody else that actually brought that up as well in our our council, and I think it's a fair point. I mean, we've had absolutely multiple teams. We've had multiple teams in this league you know, lose a hundred games four or five years in a row. So I can understand, I can understand the need for something to be said. I guess, I guess um, my concern, I guess what. Let me just go back one thing. You ask where the hundred loss comes in. Right. Basically it's a Casey Stengelism. You know, you're going to win 60. You're going to lose 60. It's what you do with the next 40 that determines your fate. And that was it. Okay. Fair enough. That, that was and and a hundred is a nice benchmark. Right. I just like I said, the only reason why I bring it up is because I it think brought that, to you, and that's fine. Right. Because when you look at when you look at the what this, you know, I mean, very rarely, I mean, are you gonna see a team that has 72 wins, quote unquote tank? Correct. <laughs> It's it's typically like you said the teams that are trying to you know reach for the stars they win now they're ready to to rebuild so let's just say a team like Vancouver because I know Jeff's not going to do that but let's say he wins 101 games and let's say next year he wins 68 he's not he's not within those parameters but theoretically he's just lost as many games as Kevin did this year what was his WAR because that was the determining factor that's one okay that's. And that's what I want that, like I said, that's what I wanted to get clarification on it. So there is a, the, the hundred, the hundred wins or losses per se, excuse me, is more of a benchmark. There is other factors that you're looking at. You got, there's two different ones. You got the intentional losing. You lose 30 more games than the previous year. You get a minus 50. There's no draft pick problem with that. You want to try it? Go for it. You lose 50 fan interest. Right. You can't spend or recruit pinpoints. You don't get revenue sharing. Whatever revenue sharing you were going to get gets taken away. So th- there, that's one of them. You shouldn't. It happens. Milwaukee was 35. Cleveland was 34. Those are extremes. I think I made the list as well. Did you? I think I was at the bottom of the list, but I made it. <laughs> um, and so let me ask you a question, just because this is another question I had, and I think it's a perfect question to ask you as a commissioner. But I don't, and, you didn't do it though. 92 to 72, that's 20. Right. 72 to 62 is 10. 62 to 66 is plus four, 72, 74, 95, 103 to 95 minus eight to 88 minus seven, 99 plus 11. You really have to work hard to lose 30 games. 
And if you're going to work that hard to lose 30 games from the previous season, why not, you know, why not use your talents for good instead of evil? Let's look at a team like Paris and take your, your, your new um, rules and apply them to Paris. I only say this because I don't think Christian would have any problem. His team has been a perennial powerhouse for years and years and years. He has several guys on his team like Kata, McDonald, Orlovsky that are, that are, are high value guys in this league that are perennial, you know, four, five, six war but he won 68 games last year, even with these guys on his roster. If he wanted to rebuild, the, it, it, you know, let's say there's people out there that, you know, obviously they realize at this point, my team is just not good enough to compete in this division. It probably makes more sense to move these guys while they still have value, you know, and I don't lose them via free agency. What would you say to those guys? Like, You can that, still do that. You can still do that. You shouldn't move. You shouldn't be moving everybody and getting nothing back. But let's say that you do nothing at the MLB level, by the way, I think. I'm is sorry. What you're, I said, I think what, what you're referring to is at the MLB level, because you move. Correct. These, right, correct. Correct. I just correct. want to clarify for the people out there. Yeah. You want to move somebody, move somebody. But to not get anything back on a major league level. Or not look for something in the free agent market. There's tons of two and a half star guys out there looking for a job. They can field. They can maybe win you a couple games. You could still sell off your, your key pieces, but you got to get something back. Now intentionally losing, we're looking at Paris. He went from 102 to 83, which is a 19-game drop. But he made the playoffs. Making the playoffs negates everything. That's your anecdote right away. Gotcha. He went 83, 84, 68, which is four, no, 84, uh, 16. Six, 16. So he's not even in the third. Right, and I wasn't referring to that as far as the 30. What I was referring to Christian as, because I think he's got he's at a point right now, if you look at his team, where he has several guys that are younger, like he has the Giacomanani, uh, the uh, center slash left fielder. He has a, you know, a bunch of younger guys that look good, but then he's got these aging veterans in Orlovsky, McDonald, Kata, that are all right. 29, 30, 31, that are probably not going to be there for his next run. So okay. I know that there's some concern in the league just from other people that have kind of reached out about, you know, hey, if I'm decide to move my couple of my star players like is that going to be viewed as i'm trying to tank you know and it sounds like you're saying no it's not the answer there as is tanking no. as long as as long as you're not actively nick mcdonald which since we're talking about paris and christian he's the number three free agent on the board last year he had a 3.0 war right so to to get to a minus 20 war you got to lose seven of those players Seven players at three war gets you 21. 
that puts you into a yellow card category. That's adding nobody. So this is what I want you to do. Go to PBA right at the top to the right of your name. Okay. You got right now, today, international amateur salary arbitration, and then off-season center. Yep. Once you hit the off-season center, you see the free agents. Don, Don Bowie, number one free agent, 3.9 war with Kentucky. Maybe he's got more. Maybe he doesn't. They haven't declared yet. He hasn't done anything with them yet. Nobody has. Right. But the second tab is off-season summary by team. This is what I'm looking at. Everybody right now is at zero. So let's go back to uh, Paris. Which he's right now 17 because it's alphabetical order. When he loses him, because I don't think he's re-signing him. I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't maybe think he is either. But regardless, he'll lose and players lost. It'll be McDonald three war and he'll show a minus three. Well, if nobody hits here, minus 20 on the right side of this screen, nobody has anything to worry about. If you lose 25 and you can't pick up 5.1 war somewhere. Whose fault is that? Right. If you lose 21 war, let's say Christian loses seven players of his roster with a 3.0 war or more. And, and, and to, to be honest, I'm not sure if he has anybody. I don't think I'm going to speak out of, right out of hand, but I don't know if he has that much. Let's right. see. Orlovsky, Cole, Kata, McDonald, Parrish. So right there, that's 10, 11.6, 16.6, war. If he was to lose his top five guys, just to put it in perspective, his top five guys are minus less than 20 war. And the previous Cleveland GM lost 30 war with 13 of his players just to put it in perspective and just to put it in perspective because I, I i do think it's important to point out it's not the fact that he chose not to re-sign crudge or jarnigan or all these aging veterans it's the fact that he didn't bring anybody back to replace these aging guys um to continue to try to build on that championship squad if he loses and he war, traded away the other two Right. If he loses 30 war and he signs 12 war with the players back, we're not having this conversation. Absolutely. Okay. So as long as you're net negative, because obviously if it's a positive, you're not even going to be looked at. Correct. But as long as your net negative does not exceed 20 war, which as Gary just pointed out using Paris's team, you take his top five guys and Kata, McDonald, Cole, Orlowski, and Parrish does not exceed 20 war um, lost, then you're fine. You're not on the yellow yellow card list for this particular part of that role. Is that is that accurate? Correct. Okay. The other part of the rule is involving the actual wins and losses. Now, obviously, behind the scenes, a lot of people... Don't you want to really... kick? You want to kick in the pants here? Sure, go for it. Palmetto. 
if he was to get rid of his starting shortstop, his first baseman, starting second baseman, his DH and right fielder, those five guys, let's see, that's almost his entire infield, a DH and a right fielder, they made up 12, 16, 19, 24, 25.3, 25, 5, 26, 26.1 war. His entire infield, a DH and a right fielder, five guys, and he's at 26 war. That's still not the, the 30 that Kevin was at last year. Got it. So the second part of this rule then, Gary, um, besides the war, because I think this part's pretty crystal clear. So the second part of this uh, rule then is strictly relegated. It doesn't matter the war. It doesn't matter any of this other stuff. It's not like one hinges on the other is you can do actually you win. You could do both. You could do both. Right. You but I'm lose. saying. Right. I'm and you would get hit with both penalties. Right. I'm saying theoretically, though, you could not lose 20 war, for example. Like, let's say you lose five war and you're okay. you're good in this category, but you lose 100, 100 games. The, the rules operate completely independent of one another, meaning you can get hit with one penalty without getting hit with both. Correct. Right. Or you can get hit with two. If if you hit both factors, the minus 20 war net and 100 games, correct? You lose 20 war, you lose 30 games, and you lose 100, you lose 30 games more than your previous year. You drop 20 war this offseason without adding anything, and that's a net. And you lose 100 games, you'll get a yellow card for the 100 game loss. You'll get flagged on the dismantling, and you get flagged on the intentional losing. Yeah, that's uh, and obviously, as 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 all of us in the uh, the PBA know, it's uh, obviously that's not going to be worth it because you get minus fifty fan interest. Uh, you're you're not going to be competitive anytime soon because you're not going to be able to afford any any players that are worth a damn anyways. You're not going to be able to resign your own players. So, um, you know, definitely the the point is is you know make sure you understand these rules. Make sure that you. There is, um, I, I, and this is this is where, and 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 this is where, I have a a fundamental problem with this, in that you don't need to make sure you understand the rule. You shouldn't be doing it to begin with. We've had Kevin. We've had one other that have went and done this and that was in the last five uh five seasons six seasons so now we have two that have done this in that time frame well what's next you know and and part of where it comes from and i said it during that 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 round table we had we have 24 GMs here, and I'm going to go 22. I think Danny and, and Greg know what they're doing. Um, I'm betting that they know what they're doing. So, but 
the 22 others that are here that I know of that have had full seasons, for the most part, they play it right. One still here who, who took his, his lumps. And, and truth be told, the lumps he took were a lot. There was a, there was a bigger hammer used on him than on Kevin. And Kevin crumbled like a cheap suit. I have no respect for Kevin at all. When it gets back to him, if he hears it, so be it. I don't really give a crap. What he did, I have no respect for. You know what? You did it. Own it. Own it. You did it. But everybody else here, everybody else is trying to do things the right way, and they're not circumventing rules, trying to find a way to get to the top of the mountain. You know what? Put your money in, in, in scouting, in international scouting, in player development, trade and other assets in places you're deficient, sign free agents, and get to the top of the pile the way a, a, any GM would do it if you were part of New York, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Kansas City. And, and that brings us back to where, where, where we differ from real life. Real life, there's 32 general manager spots up for grabs. Everybody would give their, their eye teeth for those positions. And you can't tell me anybody here in this league wouldn't love to do that at a six, seven-figure salary on top of it. But here in OOTP, we don't have, you know what? I don't like this rule or I'm not winning. I just quit this league and join another one. And, and I advertise the same place everybody else does, you know, to get new GMs. So there, there, is, no, there is no pull to do the right thing other than to... You know, hey, let me see if this works. Well, you can run a solo league for that, but there's no reason to fuck everybody else's um, enjoyment of the game because you want to try something. I, I can't get behind that. No, I appreciate, like I said, I appreciate you being candid and open with uh, the conversation, Gary. Um, I do, I do want to ask you a couple questions, not necessarily about the pill, but I've had, I had a couple people ask me specifically if the goal of the rules is essentially to prevent people from tanking and or intentionally losing, which I think that's literally what the name of the rule is. Um, why not institute a lottery system? I think I already know this because we've talked about it, but I'm just going to ask you because obviously if you put a lottery system in, you know, say one through 10 or one through 12, the teams that don't make the playoffs – um, there's a lot less reason to tank, but what, in your opinion, why, why do you not, um, why do you not, why do you think a lottery system is not the, uh, way of, of fixing the problem? Lottery systems don't work. They don't work. You could say, oh, well, you know, all right, I missed the playoffs. I get I get a couple balls in the thing, and I get a one and one or a one or a two and one hundred chance. I won eighty five games last year. The last thing I need is a top draft pick. 
So that's, that's reason number one. Reason number two, even going back to intentionally losing, here's the, another factor that it, that it comes and it goes with me, and I didn't write it down, but back with the 1919 Black Sox, the one thing that baseball has is, is, is its integrity that the outcome of the game is not known before it's played. Otherwise, it's an exhibition like the WWE. And res- wrestling is great. Res- wrestling is a billion-dollar enterprise. So is baseball. But the, the, the outcomes are predetermined in wrestling. It's all staged. It's, it's a glorified Broadway show that you're watching. We don't have anything that pulls us to try to win games in, in this simulation. Absolutely nothing. You couldn't do this in baseball because you're getting, you got people paying their money to come in through the turnstiles and wearing a team's jersey and buying ridiculous, overpriced, unhealthy food. We don't have that. We, it, the simulation is based on the assumption that everybody is playing it on the up and up and trying to win. When you're not doing that, it kind of throws the whole mechanism out of the way. Now, with a draft lottery, here is the very key component why we'll never have one here. It is much easier to look at teams losing 100 games to see who is and isn't playing it straight. And that's what I'm calling it, playing it straight, doing what you're supposed to do, or at least doing it very well, masking very well what you're not, you know, don't want anybody to know. When it comes to a draft lottery, so pick a number, top four or bottom four teams, bottom five, bottom 12, wherever it is, everybody's going to want to get in the draft lottery. Again, pick your number. It doesn't matter where it is, but it makes it very tough to monitor and keep people on the up and up, knowing that they may be looked at. When now we have to look at who's fifth versus sixth place and seventh versus eight, or do I go and make the playoffs at 85 wins? And do I try to get those two extra wins or get in the draft lottery considering 85 wins, isn't going to probably win me a world series or let's flip it around. Forget me. What if it's Honolulu, Honolulu, 87 wins. What chance do I have? Or wait, a minute. wait a minute, wait a minute. Carrie just won the World Series with 87 wins. So now we want an 87-win team tanking by a couple games where he can mask it pretty well to get into the draft lottery thinking he doesn't have a chance to win it. You know what? All, all it does is it kicks the can down the road and, and it makes it tougher to find who's, do, who's not doing what they're supposed to. One final question for you, Gary, about... Oh, um, before you... Let me... I just want to add one more thing. Sure, go ahead. The, the draft lottery would work in the NFL. It would work in the NBA. And it would work in the NHL. And the reason being is that those elite players would automatically pretty much step into a starting lineup and a starting role immediately. 
Whereas in baseball, you're not really seeing them for two years. Right. Minimum. Right. Yeah. Go ahead with your question. No, no, no. Great. That, that's a great point. Um, I had a couple of people ask me, and I know that this is something that uh, we had talked about uh, when we, we had met as a group um, council discussing possible ways of alleviating um, funny business. I'll, I'll use funny um, business works. There you go. What, if any, I know that you posted in there for me to talk with you, but just because it was brought up to me, like what, what have you considered um, providing as a reward for um, those teams that have, that um, you believe are, are playing it straight or are trying to improve versus the teams that maybe aren't really improving, whatever that you can figure out yeah, the standards yeah, yeah. later, um, but that's, that's kind of been brought up to me. Cause you mentioned it, you mentioned it. Oh, it's going to be in there. And I want to talk, yeah. No, I know exactly where you're going. I want to get that in there. Um, I ran out of time getting this stuff out. Um, it's going to be probably an a la carte menu type of item mm. off of the, um, um, what what we have in pinpoints and i'm trying to bring up the constitution so i can so like, so like can potentially like if you get like a career ending injury you might be able to reverse that or if you need an infusion of cash or um you know what i i i would i'm torn between giving pinpoints mm-hmm. or an item Here's the thing. I don't want to use for cash. Okay. Um, maybe a ballpark relocation, a player name changed. You know what? Pick a player to add to the draft at 18 years old. Um, Claude just did that with Tecolvi, and I'm not even sure Tecolvi got drafted. He did. Okay. Yeah, he did get drafted. Did he but yeah, sure, right. I do remember that. Did he sign? I'm, uh, I don't, know. I don't remember. I didn't a- look. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, but you know, so, so basically, if I if I'm understanding you, you tell me if if this is a good way of explaining it. What you're looking to do is you're looking to reward those people that are playing it straight, but not not to the point where they're getting gaining like a financial edge over the competition. Is that fair? Not a financial, and and that that in, that involves adding seats to ballpark or fan. Right. That's what. I'm, that's why I said a financial edge. Because that 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 could end up. I mean, I heard this when we had one other GM here way back when, who's no longer here, and it was one of the things he wanted me to keep in mind when doing everything. Some people are just not as active in Slack and doing things as others, but they export, they manage their team, and do everything along those lines. And it sh- they shouldn't be put at a disadvantage because they chatted up on Slack, and right. they do and they do a PR or two, and I've and I've maintained that mindset throughout as a as a guiding light. So, and one is is Christian. Very rarely does he put out a PR. Um, I, I know he's got some youngins. Uh, that, that for those of you in the South, that's kids. Um, I think he, I think he just changed. Uh, pretty, he's pretty busy too with his, with his recent with his, career change. And uh, right. He ended and, up uh, the fact that he, he's the only real GM here. In this zone group. As everybody else. <laughs> he's the only real GM in this group. 
That that's true. Yeah, that like, is professional too. By the way, not we're not talking like okay. the he's, YMCA. He's a professional GM. He's paid to actually be a general manager to tr- to trade, issue contracts, and yeah, everything we're doing here, he does in real life. Yeah, um, and and I do agree with you. I think it is somewhat of a disadvantage. Like when you know, I think he's what I, th- I want to say. It's like sixteen hours ahead. So like no, when everybody's not, on it. Well, to you, we, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's possible. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's about that. Um, he's in, I think he's in Paris, which I think is five time zones for me and another three for you. I'll tell you what, I'll look at it right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I have a phone that will <laughs> I think I'm kidding. Watch this. Yeah, it might be midnight. Right now, listen, that's exactly it. Listen, right now, it is 2.37 here in Balmy, California. It is 11.37 in Paris. It's nine hours ahead there. So I apologize. I was thinking of Tokyo. Tokyo is 16 hours ahead. But the point being is... Yeah, but if it's 16 ahead, if you go the other way, it only might be eight behind. Right, but my point being is, is like you jump on like you know the, the as a group. Let's say we're most active after work at you know four or five o'clock in the afternoon. People jump on to talk trades or whatever. Like Christian's sleeping. <laughs> he just went to bed. Yeah, he just went to bed. Like he, you know, you jump on at four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Like it's it's like three o'clock in the morning there. So right. that's the kind of stuff that you know, like when you're talking about activity, you know, some of that has to do with you know, probably the fact that when he's available to be active, there's probably not a lot of people on it two in the morning. No. And we had Lawrence Green, uh, Honolulu's original owner, who was in Hawaii, which is another three from you. Right. Time zones. <laughs> so, I mean, when we started, he was here and Paris was here. Christian has been here since the beginning. We, we covered half the globe. So that was one of the things is not to to make where you're doing things outside the game equal more inside the game. But you should be rewarded for what you do. You now, mentioned you mentioned several times um, throughout the, the, the history of the league, you know, that the draft picks, you know, if you were to look at it on a, on a large scale prospects, if you will, especially young ones let's say rookie level and lower draft draft cap, uh, draft eligible and rookie level guys, like it's probably a lower percentage of those guys that pan out that say they're a four-star guy. And by the time they get to the show, they're actually a four-star guy. So uh, any thought given to, um, you know, some of these GMs as part of that reward system, because you mentioned you don't want it to be monetarily um, like a supplemental pick. Um, say like that, in rounds between three and four or wherever that's, that's wherever on the table necessary that's on the table listen how about this there there's always in a league where people don't want to confront the commissioner over x y and z and i get it and listen i also understand i'm a strong personality um i'm headstrong at times Mikey will attest to that. I'll listen, but that doesn't always come across and people are afraid of confrontation. I get it. 
How about you compile whatever it is, whatever ideas you're hearing, mm-hmm. bring them to me. We can talk. You know, I can talk with you. Yeah. You know, I'll talk with anybody, but they're not going to do that. Well, so, and I get that and I understand that. And I knew that, that I would be hearing from you at some point today because I wasn't hearing any positive feedback from this. Um, and I, and I said this to you, I'm not naive to, I'm right. naive enough to know that if I'm not hearing anything, it's, this is not. Right. Not and this thing, over. if you hear nothing, that that's probably not a good sign. <laughs> right. You know, um, so, and, and that's fine. And I, again, I'm the one who's got to answer to it. Ultimately, if you don't like it, you leave. If you like it, you stay. If you can deal with it, you stay. And if it doesn't apply to you, you stay. Nobody's leaving this over principle. Nobody thinks that they're going to lose 100 games in a row, two seasons in a row. Right. Nobody, nobody is thinking that they're going to drop, what was it, 20 war, 30 war? I got to pull it up here. No one's thinking they're losing 20 war worth of players net by the end of the year. And no one thinks they're losing 30 games or more from one season to the next. So that being said, what's the problem? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that that's a fair assessment. I mean, I don't, I mean, I think if you're going into the season with the assumption you're going to lose a hundred games, then you probably should have been a little bit more active in free agency or no, but, but here's the thing, but here's the thing, lose the hundred games. No, no harm, no foul. Don't do it next year. Right. But at the same time, you have to also be mindful of the fact that this is OTP as we know, and you probably don't want to lose a hundred games one year in a row, because if it happens and the second year you get hammered with injuries, now you've put yourself in a predicament. But who's to say you didn't get hammered with injuries on your first hundred loss season? Absolutely. But that's, that, what that's I'm saying. not going to happen again. Right. I totally agree. But I'm saying that's the reason you don't go into it with this is only the first year, because with OTP, you just never know. <laughs> how about how about this? Let's let's have some fun. I know I have never lost a hundred games in a season. Oh, I know that I I know that my team has. Okay. I took over I took over a hundred lost team. All right. We got 24 teams in the league. I've never let's, let's take a look games, at but but the sharks I, lost hundred games. I know that I know that Orlando has lost a hundred multiple seasons. Montreal has. Palmetto has. Correct. They were early on with GMs that weren't engaged. Let's I think that's a fair assessment all the way around. Let's say how many have lost a hundred games three years in a row? Yeah, probably three years in a row would be would be tougher. I would say probably that come to to my mind like right away. I would say probably two or three. Okay. Well, let's let's do this. I'm not going to say I'm unreasonable. And I like um, personally, I mean, not that I'm changing your rule, but I'm just telling you no, personally, no, no, I'm okay with it. I like the three years better than the two only because a, 
If you do have an injury plagued year, you're not playing scared year two. And as you've mentioned, if you do have draft picks, they typically take about two years to hit right. that platform. So even if your team is like, let's say you take over, for example, let's say you take over a Cleveland, right? Or right, a but, Montreal. Let's still, well, those are, those guys are exempted. And I know they're, they get, a, but I'm just, they, get a, they get a free play. Right. I'm just saying if, if you're in that, right. Like, let's say you were robbed when you were Montreal, like to, to dig yourself out of that hole after you're already there. Sometimes I think it's going to take more than two years. Mm. All right. Let's say, let's say it does for a third year. What are you giving me? I need for, something for this. I need, I need a punishment for two. I think and we say punishment. This but is what really. I would say. I, I need a detriment. I need, I think I need, three I years in a row. I think three years in a row, and I would – I mean, I'm just telling you, I can't speak for the league. I'm telling you no, personally we're as the No, CX we're talking it GM, out, and I'm open that. No, no, no. I I'll, think a third year in a row of – Brian, 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 Brian. Let's negotiate this out, just like uh, assume we're on Shark Tank. Sure. You want a third year? Sure. What are you giving me for the second year? What's the penalty for the third? I think, I think the first year is – warning like you said so that becomes not the second year that becomes the second year you get right now no 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 i'm saying like, year one i'm saying year one is still yellow card yellow one is right is year one like hey caution how about this year one is go. not year one is not a yellow card year two is yellow card that that works as well but i want a penalty associated with yellow card i think i want something Okay, so year two, if you, if you, let's say if you um, have 100 losses or more two years in a row, uh, minus 10 fan interest, and you're not allowed to use 10 points. Okay. Because this way you can't buy yourself out of the situation. That works for me. And this way you're... You're still, gonna, you're still getting impacted on a fan interest, but it's not minus 50. That's fine. You lose the third year. Now the yes. And now if you lose three years in a row, I think most people in the league would agree with you that three years in a row at 100 losses, like either A, it's a management problem, or B, like there's something else going on. Like right. I think the third year is, is much more indicting than two because I can see somebody having – just a bad year in OTP, like I said, whether it be via injuries or whatever. So then it all comes down to essentially one year. So See, I don't, that I don't year, buy that. However, I'm not buying that because that was Kevin's bullshit excuse. Right. Again, because that's what it was. Well, what happens if, okay. Well, I mean, I'm just still giving didn't you. still go out and I'm, get anybody. Right. I'm giving you, I'm giving you no, no, like no. actual data. Like I went from in the world series and, and, 2030 and 99 win team. I mean, you can go back and look at my team, basically the exact same team. I was hammered with injuries in 2031 and lost 19 more games. Now, granted, I didn't hit the threshold, but I'm just saying like, it can happen. I lost almost 20 more games a year later with the exact same squad. All right. I'm just typing this and you hear the tick, tick, tick. Yeah, you're good. Um, all right. So, And sorry for the dead air. And I do want to add, um, you get 
all of this is negated if you make the playoffs, regardless of record. Absolutely. Or if you don't minus I mean, 20 war and you don't and you lose more than 20 games the previous year. So you go from 100 wins. You lost 25 war net. You went to 75 wins or 77 or whatever Montana was and they made the playoffs. You took you got the antidote. Right. It's a wash. So here's what. um Minus 25 fan interest. Just copying all this here. Boom, copy. Here, V and V. All right, so you lose 100 games your first year, you get a yellow card. You Which is lose... essentially a warning, correct? Correct. It's it's. Okay. A... Soccer was the only one that had. I get it. I'm had. just, I'm just making sure because, because this is a pod that we're, we're the listeners are on the same page as we are. So it's a warning yeah. after year one. If you get a hundred, you're going to get now, a tap on your Slack door, and he's going to say, "Hey guys, uh, just want to let you know. Notice that you lost a hundred games." Right. Yellow card issued. So for that, now a second year you lose a hundred games. Do you get another yellow card? But you're losing ten fan interest. And you can't spend pinpoints and you can't accrue pinpoints. Your third year, if you lose 100 games again for a third straight year, now you're going to drop five draft picks. You're going to lose another 25 fan interest points. And again, you cannot spend or accrue pinpoints. And it continues that way if you lose for a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. Right. Does the, not that I, I mean, not that I think it needs to, but I'm just curious. Does does the punishment as far as draft positioning or uh, fan interest or any of the others? I'm assuming it's it's cumulative. It gets worse as you go further and further down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So if you okay. lose your third year, you go another hundred loss season. You've in in year five. If you were going to draft, let's say Cleveland in this particular case was drafting fourth, they would now draft ninth. If they lose. 100 games for a fourth year, they would go from ninth to 14th. Okay, that's the yeah, other year. They would lose basically another five picks. It's 10 picks. Gotcha. Anyway, it's 10 picks. Five picks per year, draft. essentially. From where they would have drafted. So if gotcha. they, if they would, if let's say they were bad enough, I mean, in for a penny, in for a pound. But with this, just because you lose 100 games, make sure you don't lose 30 more than the year before. <laughs> no, no, because again, well, oh, I lost a lost a hundred games last year. I could lose easily hundred and thirty this year. And what's I'm, I'm laughing because if you if you won sixty two the year before, like to get down to thirty wins would be almost damn near impossible. Yeah, but we've had teams with one twenty, which yeah, is forty. I got you. I got you. You know, and and. Uh, this is meant to look at each possible scenario. And if there's more that have to be added up due to creativity, then we will go into that. I want you trying to win. I don't want you trying to lose. Now, there will be scenarios where a team is rebuilding, retooling, retinkering, or any of the other catchphrases that are out there. Do it. Be my guest. Try it. Do what you need to do. But don't be so blatant to go and do this. 
Now, the intentionally not changing, playing your best players or changing positions, there are some in this league that know of a person in another league that went and did this. He went and changed all his pitchers to hitters, all his hitters to pitchers, and gave a giant thumbs, uh, middle finger to the league. I mean, you poke around, you'll find out who did it. The guy, nice guy. There are people that'll swear by him. Pretty, just sure, he's a, a com- pretty sure it's a commissioner of his own league now. Yes. <laughs> and no, it's not me. No, it's oh. not you. It's not you. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's and, a fair assessment, actually, since I have you on. No, but I, I, yeah. I do know who you're talking about. And he's not a bad guy. He just he had a lapse in judgment, for lack of a better word. And, I, and this is from one side of the story, but we had evidence of it happening. We didn't hear the other side and what went on. But you know what? Again, that's something that affects 23 other guys. You know what? A sim didn't take place that night. I don't. I don't believe a sim took place that night, because the the commissioner had to go and change all these things. He had to go back and and put player where he belonged. So it, you know, that affects twenty three others. You play somebody in in April, and the guy's trying to lose. Or let's again go back to Kevin. You know. What did he do this past year in the beginning of the season? He was trying to win. Well, he's so he says, but did he really try and win? April, yes, he went 13 and 10. In June, in, in May and June, 10 and 18, 10 and 18, and July, 6 and 19. So to the teams that played him in April, congratulations. You played somebody trying to win, whereas you might have cost yourself a playoff spot if you played him, you know, if if somebody else played him in May and June when he hit the bed, uh, shit the bed. Congratulations. You got fucked based on what he did. So go figure. So let me... I got. I just want to wrap this up into kind of a little bow here before we uh, we take off. Uh, I definitely appreciate all your time today, Gary. So basically, the two prong system is to the rule is if you net loss, meaning what you lost and what you gain in free agency is minus twenty WAR or more, that will essentially trigger the first portion of the rule. The second it'll, portion it'll turn the lights on in the room, right? The second portion of the rule is if you lose a hundred games, we've negotiated it to three. If you guys are upset with me, send, send emails to the pod damn studios. I tried to make it three years just because I understand that rebuilding can be tough. Gary has uh, obviously graciously decided that, uh, you know, that, that he's okay with that. We've given you now three years instead of two um, that there will be incentives. Um, if, uh, for those teams that are consistently trying to win. I know there were several people when we were having our committee meetings that have brought up suggestions on, you know, how to incentivize. And that's something that Gary's still looking into. Uh, if for whatever reason you want to remain anonymous and uh, you'd like to provide different suggestions, feel free to hit me up via Slack. Gary will be the first to tell you. I never tell 
him or anyone else what I don't ask. Yeah, somebody tells me, I just tell him, hey, this was a suggestion, and I throw it out there, and I'll give him a list. Or if you want to give him the the suggestion directly, uh, you guys are more than welcome to do so. Um, as and, I, says, and I'm not asking Brian who tells you know who told you what. What did you hear here? I mean, I mean, I can kind of guess on some of them, but I don't know, and I don't care. It doesn't it it doesn't matter. I don't I don't hold it anybody personal if you have a difference of view. Right. The so, point is, like you said. You know, the he, is, he is the commissioner of the league, but ultimately it's all of our league. And, and uh, there's there's a lot of people that spend an awful lot of time uh, dedicated and uh, time and effort into the league. So if you have suggestions and you want to be heard, uh, reach out to either myself or Gary via Slack. You can either let me know that you want, remain, want to remain anonymous or you can reach out to him. If you want to remain anonymous either way, or you could, you know, just simply, you know, post it to us in general to, to where we could all kind of discuss the ideas but uh i really appreciate you coming on today gary you know being as candid as you could be and and uh you know kind of giving an idea of you know where where the rules stem from you know what your thoughts are on the rules and um you know essentially openly negotiate renegotiating the rule right here on air so i do appreciate that do you have any final thoughts here before we uh, head out of the studio no and, and the only thing is i i I think people are getting worked up over this because it's here, but I can say for it, at least 22 of us. And again, I don't know Greg and Danny that well, so I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't know what they, I don't think they would do it. So I'll just say for the 23 other GMs here or the 22 that are listening to this, not including you, Brian, or myself, this doesn't apply to us. It doesn't apply to us. You could still try and do what you want to do. You want to try something and, 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 and do something about it. Be my guest, try it. Just don't think you operate in a bubble and that if it fails and it goes down like a lead balloon, that you're not going to get some backlash over it. That's what this is about. We all know how to build a team. I don't, I, I think we're beating a dead horse pretty much. So that's all I pretty much have on this. If you got something I, else. That's it, man. I really, like I said, I really appreciate the time. I think it's really important. Like I said, you know, sometimes words can, you know, they, they have a, a funny way of, of sometimes when people read them transcribing in, in different ways. And so sometimes I just think getting the voice out there so people can hear your explanation and, and maybe hear a few of the questions that other GMs may have. Um, it might put a lot of the uncertainty or unease kind of to rest um, and, you know, kind of nip that in the bud. But I really do appreciate your time today. And uh, with that said, unless you have anything well, else. Yeah. One more thing. If anybody else has any other questions and they don't want to ask them out, out loud or in Slack, send them to Brian and I'll sit down with Brian and do this again. If you got a question and you want it answered, send it to Brian. He'll bring it to me. And That's whatever what these podcasts I, are for. Yeah. I mean, and it doesn't even have to be about the pill rule. It can be about anything guys like, uh, you know, I, I definitely don't mind sitting down with Gary and, and discussing the league. So I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you.
All right. Thanks. That's all the time we have here today at the PBA Podnamit Studios. I hope you guys enjoy this and I hope this brings further clarification to the BBA and uh, good luck to the two new GMs. See you guys later. Do you want to go straight to the